Hey everyone, welcome back to Skates at the Stakes, a New York Islanders podcast. Uh, today we are going to be talking about uh, the past three Islanders games. We're going to be talking about the loss last night uh, to the San Jose Sharks, where the Islanders blew a 4-1 lead and lost 5-4 in overtime, um, as well as two road wins, which would have led to a triumphant podcast if we're able to record one day earlier, but we have to include the Sharks game in the year, which uh, showed the fatal flaws of this team we've seen all season. So. Uh, uh, we're going to do that. Then we're going to talk about some p- potential solutions throughout the lineup and also the coaching situation with the Islanders, as well as announce the winner of our giveaway for the Dennis Podvin signed jersey. Uh, but without further ado, I'll kick it over to our host, AJ. How's it going, pal? It's going all right. Um, today was kind of a weird day in Islanderland. Uh, I got called Lane Lambert's burner account. That was pretty funny. Uh we probably went through one of the most embarrassing losses of our Islanders fandom yesterday against the San Jose Sharks. People, I mean, yes, the Sharks are a really bad team. They play better than people give them credit for, to be fair to them. But you cannot be blowing a 4-1 lead with eight minutes left on home ice. You just can't be doing that. It's unacceptable. That's a fireable offense for Lane Lambert. Once again, he didn't get fired today, and fine. So be it. We move on. We worry about the game on Thursday. If he got fired today... Would we be shocked? Yeah, a little bit. I, we don't think it's happening. I don't think it's going to happen. You guys don't think it's going to happen. So I, we could be doing better now. The team is playing really well. But I know last night hurt a lot, and people are still freaking out over the loss, and rightfully so. I understand how embarrassing of a hockey game that was. But there was a lot of positives that are that have been going on with the team, at least. So you could outweigh the negatives and the positives. The results have been better, but... Still, it's the same thing that wasn't a trend two weeks ago per Liam Lambert. That's once again being a trend. Jake, how you doing? Yeah, um, crazy 48 hours um, for you as well. Uh, you got called a Liam Lambert burner, and you broke the rumor that Simon Holmstrom is dating Dua Lipa. <laughs> uh, kidding, kidding aside, um, I was feeling great. Um, before the, you know, second goal went in and obviously we're here, um, a lot of positives in the first two and a half periods are now like, okay, like obviously in the back of our minds, but we can kind of sit back and talk about those. We'll obviously talk about the negatives. It's the same story for the 11th time, 10th time, doesn't matter. Um, it's embarrassing. I expected a firing as always. And, um, when Lambert doesn't get booed tomorrow, uh, I'll, I'll be shocked. But um, winnable game tomorrow. They got the Blue Jackets, so hopefully they get the two points. Um, and somehow they're still in the playoff spot. So, crazy enough. Yeah, that's like the other thing. Tomorrow, I know last time we said when we played Philly, or the, the first time we were playing Philly before Thanksgiving, that Lane Lambert was going to get booed into oblivion, and he didn't. I think tomorrow is going to be pretty bad for him. You know what? Like, I get it. The fans are pissed off. I was booing. How can you not? You just blew a 4 1 lead on home ice of San Jose. Everyone's looking to go home. And it was not a good week for uh, Islander slash Steeler fans losing to the Arizona Cardinals and the San Jose Sharks in a, what's it? That's a three day span? I mean, all you can do is laugh at this point. Yeah, I mean, I see right now Lane Lambert's trending on Twitter, which is, seems like every time I open the app, I see Lane's face or something about Lane. 
It's a bad coaching job. It like he's been doing a really bad coaching job in two of the past games this week. We beat both of the teams in the Eastern Conference Finals last year. This should be a triumphant episode. But then losing to one of the worst teams of the cap era, even though they don't play like it, even though there are some pieces on the Sharks you might like, or I might like, you might like, that's fine. Um, But losing to a team like that in the way they did, where it was just playing out of structure, not playing solid hockey. Scott Mayfield looks like, I don't even know how to describe how bad he's looked lately. There are some even, but it's it's frustrating. I mean, AJ, there was that quote um, earlier today, if you could pull that up. But Lane did talk about how there are is are positives hidden in the negatives. And he is right. I mean, the Islanders do make a lot of, um, what do you call them? So they have made a lot of gains when it comes to, like, the penalty kill um, where they had a really bad penalty kill for a couple weeks, and then the penalty kill recovers a little bit. We wanted the team to have a good power play. The power play is really good. But it's these mental lapses at 5-on-5 five five at the end of the game that just keep killing this team over and over again. And it's it's really frustrating. I've seen fans come under my tweets recently, and it's pretty much been like an open forum for discussion, people saying they don't, like, they're not even having fun watching the team this year. And I'm always going to have fun watching the team, but like that's just because I my brain is broken. I could totally understand someone watching this happen two times a week where the team blows a game they should win and just wanting to tap out because it's it is really frustrating. Yeah, and here's a quote that Lane Lambert had today that we mentioned on the top of the show. You have to be very very careful of the negatives getting in the way of the positives here. We've had points in nine out of ten games, and I get it. It's it's skewered because of the overtime or shootout losses. But you got to be very, very careful with the negativity outweighing the positive, and there's a lot of positives. And he's right to be fair to him. I don't. I'm not defending Lane Lamb by any means. I had a tweet on it. If you, it, I'll go through the tweet. This is what I said. Everyone's going to jump on this quote, but he's not wrong. There's a lot more positive than there is negative right now. But the thing is that the thing is that hasn't been a trend. But excuse me, I got to learn how to speak English. Uh, but. The thing that hasn't been a trend has been the biggest issue we've seen since Doug Waite took over, which is them not being able to shut games down, not being able to clear the puck out, not being able to hold on to leads, you know, things we couldn't do, uh, things we could do, excuse me, with Barry Trotz. We can't do with Lane Lambert this year. And we did it fine last year with Lane Lambert, so that's another interesting part. But overall, clean up the sloppiness, and this team is very good, which I still do think this team is very good. Like Ryan said, we have the best power play since November 14th, I believe. The New York Islanders have the best power play in hockey right now. That's awesome. The penalty kill has only given up two goals in their last eight. That's really good. 5v5, they've been good. They've been good. It hasn't been great. We're not dominating games. We're not controlling games. They're playing. They're in every game, and they're playing well enough to win. There's only been one game where they looked absolutely lost this, throughout the entire 21 games so far. I believe 21 games. And that was the Buffalo game where they had to play a back-to-back or something, or the travel schedule was ass. We have an excuse for that one with an asterisk. Um, yeah, it's pretty much just the same lapses defensively, and that's fixable. They got to fix it. They will fix it. And if they do fix it, this is going to be a very scary and a very good team because all the lines are kind of firing right now. The first line could be bit, could be a bit better, but Bo Horvat's picking up points. Barzal was the second star of the week. Lee's looked a lot better, and this is coming from the guy that gives Anders Lee all the crap. Anders Lee has looked a lot better. He's not, a, he's not playing like out of his mind good, but he's not being a total negative anymore, which is 
a positive for the team. As when Anders Lee's going, everyone else could take a little bit of a breather because you know you're getting some production out of him there. Whether it's on the, the stat sheet or on the ice, he'll be doing more positive than negative. Second line, still awesome. Third line's been so good. Julian Gauthier, who we owe an apology to because none of us kind of believed in believed in him on this podcast. We're like, eh, we'll see about Julian Gauthier. He's been good, but it still could be a Lin Sanity run. There's still a lot of time for him to fold, but he's had two very good games. And Simon Holmstrom's a star. Uh, he's definitely not a superstar, but he's a very good hockey player. And I called that, and I wanted him on the team over Zach Parisi, and I will be taking my victory lap now. Shout out, Simon. And the fourth line's been oh, fine. There's... Fourth line's been fine. Yeah, the, the I new mean, fourth line, so to say. Yeah, the new fourth line's good. Yeah, it's it's frustrating. It, I mean, like, the team is good, and there is the statistic. They've had the lead in more games for more amount of ice time than any other team in the league, both on average and cumulative of the whole season, and uh, they still don't have too much to show for it. Like, in an alternative reality, this team is contending for a President's Trophy with the same thing that they're doing now, just they have to play the last five to ten minutes of the game a lot better. So it's 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 just really badly bad coaching, I guess, or just mental mistakes happening. But AJ's right, the the forward lines are all firing. Uh, we'll get into Gautier talking a little bit, but uh, this I, again, this is supposed to be like we just went down south and we won in Raleigh, which we do once a year. We beat the Panthers in Florida, which I feel like we never do anymore. Maybe like 2018 was the last time we did, and it felt like we were finally getting our mojo back. And then that just Sharks, Sharks lost. Every time we're starting to get some serious momentum this season, it just gets derailed. Um, it's really frustrating. That's a really good way to put it, because that's how I was thinking about it today. We take two steps forward and then one step back. Obviously, you're still one step forward, but that one step back feels a lot worse than it really is. The Islanders right now are 5-1-2 and two in their last eight. That's pretty good. You look at the losses. They lost the shootout game to Philadelphia, never had a chance to win because of the back-to-back and the injuries to Pelicanajo. That game you could scratch off. They could have won that game. They probably should have won that game. But I was not mad leaving that arena after they lost. The one regulation loss is the New Jersey Devils game, which that was atrocious. That was embarrassing. That was pitiful because that's another two points wasted. You're giving that po- giving those points to a Metro team that's fighting for the playoffs, and you can't be doing that. You know, you just cannot be doing that against the New Jersey Devils, especially after you blew another game just like that to them. Not exactly like that, because you did get a point in the first one, but you blew another lead to the New Jersey Devils two times this year now. Can't be giving those guys points in your conference, considering them your quote-unquote semi-rival. And the Sharks game's embarrassing, but there's a point there at least. Not good enough, not good enough, not excusing anybody for that. Mayfield, uh, he had a stinker. He needs to figure it out, because he's obviously not healthy, but... You can't be riding him so hard if he's going to keep letting us down. He has not been good at all this year. But still, 5-1-2. and two. We got Columbus next. We have the Kings. We have Toronto. We have the Ducks. And we have the Bruins in his homestand. So there's some easier games, some not-so-easy games. It's doable, though. You just got to pick up points and continue to play well. 
Yeah, and it's one of those things where before this little stretch of Carolina, uh, Florida, and then the Sharks, if you had told us, hey, we have five out of six points, and this keeps happening this season, we go, yeah, yeah, we'll sign up for that. But then we get it in probably the most embarrassing fashion possible, um, which is losing to the Sharks. But, yeah, I mean, overall, I feel like I'm being incredibly negative, uh, which is rare for me. I'm, I'm just kind of beaten down by all of these blown leads and losses. AJ has God, God love him, is pretty optimistic. Jake, where where do you sit with the team right now? I'm pretty optimistic still. Like again, they're in a playoff spot. Um, it sucks, obviously. Blowing eleven leads is not good, obviously. But you know, I'm very, you know, happy with how some of the guys are performing. Noah Dobson, we've said this so many times this year, is performing at a Norris level. Uh, Romanov's had a pretty decent week. Um, Metric-wise, they look very good together. I missed yesterday's game, uh, so I don't know how it looked on ice. But uh, Holmstrom, very good. He's got the same amount of points as last year in 35 less games. That's progress. Obviously, very key for his development. Horvat's near point per game. Barzell in the Carolina game, which we'll get into, was fantastic. That was vintage rookie year. The guy on the caller, Matthew Barzell. Um, Lee's been better. Uh, I'm another guy who just hates only constantly has had is stringed along a good couple of weeks. The second line has consistently been good all year. Julian Gauthier, I apologize. Last week I said that the Gauthier clan needs to calm down and look in the mirror. Um, my apologies. He's been very good. Uh, I think he's got four points in six games and two goals and both absolute snipes. Hudson fashing has been good. Mike Riley's been decent. Uh, we can talk about Mike Riley in a little <laughs> bit. Yep. Um, if we prefer him or not, we can get into that later. Obviously, Mayfield and Bodu fucking suck, but you know there is some very good things going on Long Island, and they have the best power play since uh, mid-November. When did you think we were saying that? The the disrespect, and I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to praise John McLean because I don't know if it's all him. I think players have taken steps forward, but he got shit on this off season, and he's running the best power play in the league and since November and top eight all year, the penalty has been a lot better. Um, so I think there's a lot more positive positives and negatives, but the negatives are player wise uh, are glaring and obviously it's the same issues. And the players know the players are aware. Bo Horvath said it today that they need to clean it up. And I, I think they will. So spin zone, spin zoning this, they are in a playoff spot, but like also like imagine how, what place they would be if they didn't like had, they only had half of these bone leads. The good thing is, in most of these games, they're at least picking up these points in these bone leads, which is not good. I'm not. I'm not trying to say, yay, this is awesome that we're getting overtime points in bone leads, but it's a good thing that they're you know dragging this into overtime. Sometimes, obviously, the devil one was was a bit shitty. They probably could have got a point there, like the, um, the uh, whole score that they have. was. Two seconds yes, they left. should have won. I, I'm just saying. Two seconds left. Like Come on, guys. Seconds. Two seconds left. Was it 30? It felt like two. <laughs> For the Devils? Yeah, it felt like two. I, and... thought, I thought it was like 30. You're yeah, right. You're right, because it was a Carolina Hurricanes game that we blew with two seconds left. And we didn't even talk about that one yet. <laughs> yeah, that's what sucks. It was, it, was such a, it was such a crazy game, and it's like really in the back of my mind right now. So I, I, I think... 
it's a good point game by game, but <laughs> yeah, we, we, we don't need to is it we don't need to do the game by game thing. We could pretty much just keep it high level this episode and talk about some of the players. But it's a good point you made, Jay, because I was thinking about this earlier today, just how bad the Metro's been this year, where we're still in a position where not only we're we're sitting wild card two right now, which there's games around the NHL that's fine tonight. And I'm not I'm not score or scoreboard watching too hard yet because this team has kind of taken up all my mental capacity. I don't have the capacity to look at all of the other teams around us in the standings. But you look at the Metro and you, we're we're still going to be in it for a while, even if we keep this pace. Like even if we don't figure it out and we play to the current pace, which right now I think we're at ninety two point pace. I was really hoping if we had beaten the Sharks and beaten the Blue Jackets, we would have been at ninety eight point pace. But right now, at the moment, we're at a ninety two. Uh, that still takes us into the playoffs in the Metro at the moment. Someone's going to break out underneath us, be it the Devils. Um, I don't want to say the Penguins because they stink, but be it the Capital stink, Flyers stink. But there's a good chance, like you know, that we're able to keep this pace and stay competitive. But it's just about really putting it together because I don't want to go into a playoff series and not be able to trust the team to hold the lead if they're able to get that one. Because you know, you expect them to be playing from behind, but this is a team that's played with the lead all season, and when they have the lead, they've played pretty poorly. So it's that part's a bummer. Uh, but we could, I guess the, you know, we could talk about blown leads for a little bit more. Um, yeah, that, that Canes one was hilarious. AJ, you want to go into that one? Not uh, hilarious, it's torture, but. I didn't. One, one more, one go. more thing. It's, uh, I don't even think, I know the Metro's bad, but I think the wild card outlook is like, yeah, Tampa, I, I guess scares me a little bit, but other than that, the Capitals don't scare me. The Devils need a goaltender. You saw that yesterday. The Penguins don't scare me. The Canadians are hurt. I saw the Sabres live. They're fucking atrocious. Connor Clifton was the worst signing of the offseason. That that was really bad. And it's Columbus and Ottawa. So regardless, I think something would have to go really wrong for this team to be like really behind. So that gives me hope. But yeah, hopefully they just kind of have a good, controllable game tomorrow. We can't even say that we dodged a bullet because Scott Mayfield has been atrocious also. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it's like, <laughs> pick your poison there. No, that's true. That's true. That's very true. I but would want to see Connor. So bad. I would like to see Connor Clifton in a Barry Trout system, though. I think he would be so good there. But maybe not. I think there's, when you go to the Sabres, you, like, an NHL standard-wise, like, the video game, you just, like, lose three overall. It's just a cancer over there. Nothing ever good happens to them. It's really yeah, it funny. So, really so funny. Boring. So... Good, good. Uh, I mean, I don't care. I, I generally do not yeah. like the Buffalo Sabres. They have fun players, but it's the same. Oh my God, the Sabres, the Super Sabres, the Super Senators. They suck. They're, they're worse than the Canadians. I have a lot of respect for the Montreal Canadiens. I do not have respect for the Senators or the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, Montreal's been fucked by injuries, and they're still kind of. I mean, the, the goalies have been good this year. They've been helping them out. Yeah, the Sabres, the Sabres are bad. Own power looks terrible. You want to um, use the word aura, that's the Montreal Canadiens. Whatever they have going on, no matter who's in the lineup, except last, I know last year they, they were very bad, but this year they've been getting around it. So good for them. I do like the Canadians. I know the Islanders and the Montreal Canadiens have a bit of like a friendship, which is kind of cool. So I do. We I think we all kind of like the Canadians here. I know I just went there, so I'm, I do like them a lot. Yeah, I do. But, I'm one of my favorite players in the Canadians. So. Who? 
Caulfield? Um, yeah, I'm a big Caulfield guy. And I like New Hope too, but I think he's hurt for a while now. I've yeah. seen Dogs out for a while, but eight to ten weeks. Good, good, good vibes. I I generally do not like Kirby Doc. I mean, I ha. Uh, I want to see the kid succeed, but also he's a part of the Romanov trade, and I want to win that 100%. So if he fails, he fails. Caulfield's, Caulfield's good, but he's not um, an island. Monahan's having a good year. Josh Anderson's awful. Slavkovsky's putting it together. Yes, he is. He's Yay! Like, he has like six points his last eight. But okay. yeah. yeah, it's the bossy connection between the Islanders and Montreal. They've, they've always been very welcoming to us. Um, they did a bunch of stuff for our 50th anniversary, and they let us make the playoffs. And let Sam Bolduc score, which seems like <laughs> a million miles away at this point. I, I did that. Uh, we, let's talk. So, just to break down the next couple steps of the episode, we could do the kind of Mayfield Bolduc problem, and if we have any fixes for that, then we'll go into Gautier Holmstrom, and then shout out anyone else we want to talk about. But yeah, talk about that third pair on defense. I don't even know how you optimize this at this point because Sam Bolduc isn't an NHL player. Scott Mayfield isn't right, and he did on three of the three of the goals were mistakes last game, but two of them were like he should be benched um, for how bad it is. Bar defense isn't deep enough to bench Scott Mayfield. Also, I'm, I'm starting to get worried about benching these guys in the first year of their seven-year deals, but if you got Ben Scotty, Ben Scotty, but that last turnover that led to the, ga- like the game uh, tying goal by Hurdle uh, freaking killed me, man. Like, it, that was horrible. I don't know what you do about this pair because Bolduc has no, he does not want to play offense. He does not want to play defense. He just wants to show up and be an NHL player. And Mayfield's definitely struggling physically by still making dumb Scott Mayfield decisions just without the cross checks. I don't know what you do about this bottom pair right now. Wasn't Bolduc taking some shit well, no, with Pulak? Yeah, it's been Bolduc Pulak. Yeah, it's been Bolduc Pulak. And we can talk about Pulak too because he's been pretty. Uh, he's, he's been, been Pulak's been bad too. He's been awful. I think I could have sworn they were together. No, uh, let me just check on them. I know the first game. I think the the Philly game that might have been, but yeah, isolated they were bad. Like Bolduke and Mayfield were especially bad last night. If they weren't together, that's on me. They were. Uh, I know sure. for a fact. Yeah, the last two games, Bolduke has been on the second pair. Yeah, because I said oh, yesterday God, they looked it. awful together in the their first shift. Um. Yeah, but Bolduc, he had one of his better games last night, though. I, I don't know about statistically, analytically, all that. He wasn't as atrocious as usual. It sucks that we have to come to this with him. One of our touted defensive prospects. AHL All-Star. You'll never say that. But <laughs> <laughs> um, he's just been really bad. Nothing you could do. Send him on waivers. Someone's going to claim him, and then he'll probably be good somewhere else. When it comes to that time, I'm fine getting rid of him. It would suck to lose a prospect like that for nothing, but you might have to do it because Mike Riley is really good, and that's going to be another talking point in a little bit. But Bolduc's been bad. You really can't sit him right now. I mean, I guess you can sit him for Grant Hutton, but... They want to see what they have in Bolduc, maybe, especially putting him with someone that should shelter him, like Ryan Pulak. Pulak's been bad himself, too. Maybe that's because he isn't getting any help at all from his other defense partner. Could be the reason. He needs to be better, though. He's making... I don't want to say he's making too much money to play like crap, but he is making way too much money to play like crap, and this team needs him to step up and be a leader right now. You can't... You can, but you really can't have Noah Dobson being your god and savior defensively too he's been great in his own end 
you need someone to help out. Romanov's been all right. He's he has struggled a little bit at times. He leads the team in. I what I saw the number that he's he has seven. He was on the ice for seven of the goals in the blown leads or something like that. Easily a team high out of the out of the eleven. Yeah. I don't know if you guys saw that tweet today. I don't know who tweeted it, but whoever tweeted it. Rosner. If you if you could pull it up and give that a little bit better of a description, that'd be appreciated. Um, but Romanov, he needs to be more physical. He needs to clear the net more. That's one thing they haven't really been doing. They're not really clearing the net as much as you'd like. And all the mistakes they are making are fixable. You can see them. I know people have been taking screenshots of the terrible Islanders positioning. I know Rosner did that today too, but... These things are fixable. I, the team's, you know, well round enough to make these changes, and with or without Lane Lambert, they really just gotta dig in, because Pelic's not gonna be back for a while, and Aho's not gonna save you that much defensively. Maybe a little bit if you're playing him over Bolduke, obviously, but he's not gonna be the defensive defenseman that's gonna, you know, shove guys out of the net, clog clog lanes and all that he'll do his best but he's not a, a heart and soul defensive defenseman maybe they go out, go out and get one but seems very unlikely at this point this early on that they're gonna make a splash for someone when they still have injuries and guys are banged up so they've born Louis 11 times and defensively defenseman uh romano's been out there for seven pulak's been out there for five mayfield's been out there for four helix's been out there for three and Dobbs has been out there for one um, I, th- I, like, I don't know if it's Romanov's fault. I think he's been very good this year. He does need to be more physical. We know he can be. We've seen it. He hasn't really been as physical this year, but, um, I think him and Dobson look really good together. And obviously Pelic's not really close to coming back, but if you want to get Pulak back, maybe you put Pulak back with Pelic and you keep Romanov Dobson. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Maybe, but Bolduke, um, looking right now wasn't horrible but he was the worst uh, metrically yesterday uh, but he wasn't terrible uh, 46.5 percent expected goals um, him and Pulak on a pair got good results but uh, Bolduke individually wasn't awesome so Interesting. I just think I just think Hutton gives you more I really do I agree um, and I, I agree and, and they I don't they scratched Bolduke the one game and played Hutton and Hutton played well and then they stopped playing I guy it doesn't make sense. I, I, don't, I don't know. But, yeah, he's he, it's clear. I'm not giving up on Bolduc, but he needs AHL time, and they give him a one-way deal. And if you put him on waivers, he's probably claimed. So it's, it's a really, really bad situation. Um, it sucks. It really does. But yeah. it's, like, it's like he doesn't know what to do. When he, he gets doesn't. The, when he gets the puck, he has no idea. I think it, he has. I think he has the skill, but he has the IQ of a four-year-old. It's it's tough. I mean, on Romanov, I, uh, we haven't really brought up the Panthers game too much, but that was a really good effort by the Islanders. Matt Barzal wasn't healthy, and uh, Bo Horvat had one of his signature performances. An Islander getting two points to kind of help us beat the Panthers. Um, I, I know we're kind of doing this in an alternative format, but Romanov was absolutely awesome in that game against the Panthers, and and he was pretty good in the Sharks game last night too. It's just Bolduke. It's it's absolutely incredible. Like I. 
I really one thing I'm trying to work on is not giving the younger players much crap because I wound up doing a lot with Wallstrom and now, now uh, you know he's gone. But like, I want Bolduc to succeed, but he plays like a deer in the headlights. Like he's very scared of the puck. He's scared that the puck will come to him, and then when the puck's away from him, he it's not like he's anticipating the puck. He's just kind of like killing out on the ice, and it's it's really brutal. I don't know. We'll, we'll see where it goes with him, but I want I want the player to turn it around. It's just not looking good at the moment. It's not, and you have to. We have to figure out what we're gonna do here because I'm not saying Mike Riley is a superstar. He's your next Bobby Orr. He's the next Nikita Zadorov, which people were freaking out about that we didn't get. He could definitely help the Islanders right now, but I don't think he's the end-all, be-all, but it would have been a nice ad for a pretty, uh, very cheap cost, but we can maybe get into that in a few minutes. they got to figure out what, they, what they're what they going to do now. I know Pelik's on LTIR, Martin's on LTIR as well, but Ajo's back. He was skating. Was he at practice today? I believe he was, or he's, at least he was skating. Skating on his own. Skating on his own. All right. So we have Ajo, uh, Pulak. Dobson, Romanov, Riley, Mayfield, Hutton, Bolduc. Correct? Am I forgetting anybody? No. We have... I, I think Martin's activated. Uh, I think okay. He was scratch. just um, retroactive then. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. But we have eight defensemen. Obviously, Hutton goes down that seven. They can't. I mean, they can, but they're not going to carry all those guys once Pellick gets back, too. What are. If Pellick's even back this year, so we're not too sure about that. They kind of got to figure out what they're going to do between Aho and Mike Riley. And I'm very intrigued because Mike Riley, we're like, all right, we've asked for this guy for a while now. He can maybe be a good ad, but he's actually looked really, really good. He has his moments in the defensive end where he isn't incredible, but then he does make a very good play every now and then, too, to give him some credit. He has made a few big defensive plays for New York Islanders. And offensively, he is awesome. He looks great out there. He has confidence, or maybe he has signs of confidence. Maybe he can get some more, be even better. But you see what he's trying to do. You see what he's trying to create. And he definitely does a lot more offensively than Sebastian Ajo does, and that's very unfortunate because I was really hoping Ajo would take this next step and be a very good offensive puck-moving defenseman. And he's been okay. Ajo has been okay this year. But Mike Riley is trying to create a lot more than Ajo has, and he's taking those gambles and those and those risks, and they're paying off right now. I mean, he looked very good in the San Jose game last night. I don't know about his charts or whatnot, but the goal he scored was awesome. The assist he had was good, you know. He's able to run power play too, which is what we needed out of Ajo, and I'm not saying he wasn't doing it, but I think Mike Riley obviously does it better. What do you guys think? I know it's going to be a tough spot because it makes more sense to put Riley back on waivers and maybe waving or trying to trade Aho, and we got to see what Aho's market is as well because I don't know. Yeah, so the short term is, I, I guess, the first move you make is you're going to have to make the call between Riley, Aho, and Bolduke, and you're able to keep all of them on the roster. So I think you just wind up starting Aho and you start uh, Riley. And honestly, I think on the left, Romanov, uh, Riley, and Aho in that order. That's a pretty strong left side, and that might be enough to stabilize the defense once Seb comes back. Uh, Ajo's sneaky, been a pretty good defender. 
in his own end the past two years he's gotten better with it even though he's undersized uh so i think i there's a lot in aho's game where i think he's more of a two-way player than we thought he was less an offensive defenseman which i think we kind of think he is because of his like skating skills but no he's more of a two-way guy which is fine uh but then when pella comes back you get an interesting situation i say you have to wave bull duke at that point and just have to make that decision between aho and riley uh, in my opinion, I think Riley, you know, maybe he's won the spot, but it's only been eight games. I really like what he's showing. I mean, you know, he, he's an Irishman. I Of course I like him. But, like, he, he's a pretty good player. And I really like watching Mike Riley play. And ideally he's really good, but he does mess up in his own end enough. Like, the first Sharks goal he could have helped out on. But then the rest of the Sharks game, he was fantastic, so he made up for it. But, you know, hopefully he's able to be a long-term option here. Um, you know, you could probably keep him after this season for pretty cheap. You can let him rebuild value here even this year and then hit free agency in the summer. But I like Mike, and I, I think that he's won his bottom lineup. Uh, Sebi, Sebi can come back firing, and he'll be, you know, he could win that spot right back. But it really depends on how Ajo comes back from injury. Yeah. Right. Go ahead. Um, yeah, no, that's a good, that's a good uh, way to explain it because Aho, you could just put Aho back for Bulldog and everything does look better then too. So, we'll I do like Rowie better than Aho. I think he moves the puck better. Um, defensively, he's not perfect, but um, handles the power play too a lot better. I like, I like that um, a lot. It looked really good yesterday, obviously. Um, Got a really nice shot on the goal as well. Um, so yeah, he's he's got his opportunities, ran with it, um, and I would trust him over Aho. But you know, Aho should be in there until Pella comes back, so we might not even have to talk about it yet. Um, and hopefully, both of them can continue to play well. Um, and then when Pella comes back, it, it'll be a a tougher decision. But I really I really like what I see so far. Um, and it was a smart waiver claim by Lou. See what you have. And, you know, I think he, he's proving that he has something in there. This could be our uh, Ellie Tolvin and waiver claim story that everyone's <laughs> been asking for. And you know what? We got to give credit to a uh, friend of the podcast, Dino Dangle. He's been asking for Mike Riley for years now. He's been a big Mike Riley uh, fan. He's always wanted him on the island. And, hey, we got him. We're all pretty happy right now, so. Shout out Dino Dangle, Mike, friend of the pod. Yeah, on to Simon Holmstrom. Uh, to kind of talk about, Holmstrom has been absolutely awesome. So since we last recorded, Holmstrom has two goals, uh, both on shorthanded. He got his playmaking questioned after the Florida game um, and then came out on Monday and had two assists. Uh, I wanted to beg the question of the panel, AJ, you've been pushing Holmstrom propaganda. Uh, where do you see Holmstrom ceiling at the moment? There's people out there saying he could be the uh, Jesper Brat 2.0, Marion Hosa 2.0. I forget the Twitter users that did say that. But um, there's people that are really rating this guy very highly right now, whether they're they're not obviously Andy Orano, uh, those dorks on Twitter that don't think uh, Simon Holmstrom's bar grass are high enough in their opinion. Fuck them. 
Fuck them. That was, that was so... Dude, oh, when yeah, Simon scored that. that... Yeah, we didn't even oh, talk about my that. But God. To, give, to I, give the context to people listening at home, there's this analytics account um, similar to Jay Fresh Hockey or Dumb Decision uh, called Andy and Rono. And we've discussed them a couple times in the past on the pod, but uh, they make these charts that are very hard to... Like, I'm a, I understand analytics and everything within the sport, but they use uh, category names that just don't really make sense or mean anything tangible they just are like offensive impact defensive impact but they're not actually calculating something you can observe and uh they just go simon holmstrom has been big disappointment this season not what the islanders wanted out of him and then post this chart and if you look at the chart all of the chart is empty except like five categories out of like the <laughs> 20 possible categories available it was unbelievably dumb and then you know immediately holmstrom not not that he checks these losers twitter account but like he immediately re- responded with like just like a monster week by his standards so yeah that, that that's just the context but AJ, I'll let you continue uh yeah so they said yikes this is not what the island expected from simon holmes from this season very likely not good performances at both ends of the ice so far which is complete bullcrap he's been solid defensively offensively he's been fine and on the penalty kill he's been very good for i know i understand the penalty kill's been bad he hasn't been the issue there's people that have watched hockey for many years and people that are more into the newer game. They all kind of agree within the Islanders fan base that Simon Holmstrom is a good hockey player. I know there's a fair a fair few that are like, oh, this guy sucks, and now they're being proven wrong. But we've been on the Holmstrom bandwagon for a while. I know we did talk about him maybe starting the AHL to let him develop more, but I never really wanted to see that happen. I wanted him to be the guy from day one. He should have been in over Parisi, and this is why. You're going to have this kid for hopefully a decade plus, and he's only going to get better more likely than not. The more games he gets, the more experience he gets, the more he gets comfortable with himself, the better he's going to get. And we're seeing it right now. From year one, people are like, oh, his stats weren't good. It's like, all right, but he was passing the eye test. He had the injury. He did look he did look like a good hockey player, and we weren't sure what he was going to be. We were talking last year about this is going to be a sink or swim moment as in last year, and he slammed. He did very good when before he got hurt. He looked like, you know, he only scored banger goals, but he looked like he could be a player in this league. And peop- I forget who, someone compared his stats to Jesper Bratt. He's not going to be Jesper Bratt. Do not get the expectations of him being Jesper Bratt in your head right now. But his stats were very similar to Jesper Bratt when he first came over. He's so young, he's so good, and... I'm very excited about this. I'm probably going to get a Simon Holmstrom jersey at some point. Not a stadium series, but I think a Simon Holmstrom jersey within uh, a year, year or two, it's going to happen. I love the kid. He's such a good hockey player. I was talking to the people around me at the game yesterday. I'm like, this guy does it all. He's so good on the penalty because, like, when was the last time? I mean, I know our penalty because isn't very good, but, it's like, you're out there, and he can make noise every time. It was like Eric Haller for the Devils last year where he, if he's on the penalty kill – there's a good chance he might get a get an opportunity going the other way and create some havoc. Every game, it feels like on the penalty kill, him and Pajot together are creating havoc. Now, are they always scoring? No, but uh, JG, come on. Sauce the fuck over to Simon. Pass it to the big dog here. Maybe we get to Pajot talk a little bit, but I'm so, so, so happy about Simon Holmstrom. Very excited to see what he does because he keeps on proving everybody wrong. And people, a lot of people didn't give him a chance from the start of the year. They went off the stats and like, oh, he only you want to have this guy over Parisi or Wallstrom? Yeah, I would. This is why. 
not going 22 as well. Yeah, exa- I'm not trying to crap on Zach Parisi here, but uh, the asphyxia no. is that the correct word? Asphyxiation the fan base has with him. We all love Zach Parisi. He's uh, a USA hockey legend. He was a great New York Islander. But Simon Holmstrom is going to be the real deal for a ne- the next decade plus. It was always Simon Holmstrom for me. Not to crap on Zach Parise, but... You'll regret the things you've said about Zach Parise. I mean, he's never going to play another NHL game, and he will never listen to this podcast, so I think I'll be fine. You'll regret it one day. Uh, I, I, I tweeted this um, about the stupid chart. If you think the at the time he was tied for the leading lead in shorthanded goals... If you think the the league leader, tied league leader, whatever, is in the 15th percentile of hockey players, I I just can't buy your opinion. I can't. Today they tweeted, uh, Eric Robinson got traded to the Sabres. Eric Robinson, who's a terrible hockey player, got traded for a conditional seventh in three years, and he's in the 27th percentile. If you think he is 12 percentiles above Simon Holmstrom, uh, I don't know what to tell you. And a lot of people, um, I've seen the comments, a lot of people don't take their charts seriously. Um, so yeah, I just, it, it was, it was crazy, uh, crazy stuff. Um, we're seeing how good he is, uh, nine points in 21 games. I believe that's a pretty good pace. I think he'll hit, um, I think he could hit 40 this year. It's a shame. He's not like, he's, he's a lot better on the third line with Pajita than he is on the first line. I'm not saying he's bad. He was bad on the first line, but the results are a lot better on the third and he's a very good penalty killer. I wish he could be out there for the whole time, but that's just obviously not going to happen. Um, very good hockey player. Um, he's first-round pick for a reason, folks, um, and we're kind of seeing that. I hope he continues his development, obviously. And like I said a minute ago, he's still 22 um, for a while um, until May. So the rest of the year he'll be 22, which is uh, fun to say. Yeah, he's, I mean, again, we played the long game with this guy. We drafted him, we let him develop, and he's paying dividends. I think he's going to be a really good player for this team for a long, long time. Uh, Very, very happy with what he's brought to the table so far this season. He keeps growing. Uh, Absolutely elite penalty killer. Like, you know, the ability to score on the penalty kill is something that this team hasn't had the past couple seasons outside of a couple, like a rare Cal goal, but Casey's kind of lost it lately. Unless Brock was doing it, then I I don't really know who else would be doing it. Uh, But yeah, we're we're kind of bringing it all together here with uh, Holmstrom, and I think he's going to be a middle sixer for this team for a long, long time. Uh, We'll see how he fits in long term, but it's exciting. Now we'll kind of go to the Godier uh, apology. Uh, Jake, I'll let you kick it off here. Yeah, so um, obviously I wasn't very high on Gautier. I was more like, okay, this is a good depth move, a good 13th forward. Um, Lane didn't play him a lot, um, and then he rotated him in for fashing uh, against Philly, and um, he stayed in. I think, you know, a lot of people complain about his shot. Um, I think he's got a very underrated shot. He's obviously shown that. Two really nice shots. Uh, I really like the third line. I, I, I hope this third line stays with Gautier Horn from Apaggio. I think it'll help Pajot kind of get back on form. He's been good lately since Horn has been back there. And the past two games, Gautier has been there. I think it's been very good. Um, obviously, his speed has been killer. Uh, I think according to NHL Edge, he's been the fastest. Top speed by the Islanders this year, like 23 miles per hour, uh, whatever it was. Um, he's got four points in seven games. Um, to reference, he had five points in 17 with Ottawa, and he had nine and 40 for the Rangers. So 
He's making really good pace. Um, so, yeah, as long as he continues to drive play, be really fast and keep shooting the puck, I, I think this is going to look like a good signing. And he's here for a few years. I believe it's two or three the contract was. Um, but I'm, ha- <clears throat> I'm happy he's getting an opportunity. And I'm happy he's taking it. Um, and I, I think he'll stay in the lineup for sure. Only got nine minutes yesterday. I think that'll get bumped up as uh, the coaching staff kind of trusts him more. But, yeah, I'm loving what I'm seeing, and uh, I apologize to him and um, Julian Gauthier enthusiasts uh, around the world. It really is real Gauthier hours. Yeah, he's been good. Um, is he the answer for the future? We don't know yet. Is he the answer for the rest of the season? He's been better than Walsham. So, he beats Oliver Walsham out. He's beaten Matt Martin out in my head, at least. Not that they're really competing for that spot, but Hudson Fashion on the fourth line, awesome. He's been good. So I really do like the lines we have right now. I think the team that we have, at least for now, going forward is the way it should be. I'm fine with the lines. You got to keep them, in my opinion. You can't break up the third line, can't break up the fourth line, can't break up the second line, first line. Lee's going to be there. Lee's been better. No complaints from me. If Gauthier starts to flail out a little bit, I'm fine bringing Walshman back in. Or looking for someone outside of the organization, maybe a guy like Anthony Duke Flair. Not that he's really a third-line player, but you know what I mean. Getting someone, a very good player to play in that spot. We'll see. Uh, I don't I don't know yet. It's been a very small sample size for him and Mike Riley. And they both have killed it. They've aced it so far, and I'm very happy to see yeah, Godie's been good. I mean, I'll lead a little bit of crowd on this. I remember earlier in the season, people were saying that, oh, the Islanders would have won this game if they had Gautier, or they would have, you know, this game would have turned out different differently if they had Gautier. Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll lead crowd on that. Maybe that's a little different. He does have some untapped potential that we're finally seeing come to light. Uh, there was a funny tweet yesterday. I don't I don't remember who initially posted. I'll go try to find it quick. Uh, about how uh, he was toiling away on Broadway in the ire of the uh, famous John Tavares tweet. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, overall, he, he's become a pretty good player. I'm happy with how good it's uh, turning out. I, I, I'm still, like, in the mental dis or cognitive dissonance of like my brain fighting itself that this guy who i thought stunk on the rangers is actually good oh it was at ryan mar too on twitter um it's an absolute shame julian gautier was toiling away in manhattan for so many years he's finally unleashed and it's quite something in the the same cadence of the john tavar street so i thought that was funny but um yeah overall we'll see how gautier turns out i think you have to give him some leash and put him back on the first line over unders lee just give him some speed out there him and horvat had some really good chemistry um just let's see what that is let's tap into it early in the season if it's there because you know if you throw him in the first line i i was doing the bit they calling him pavel Bure and stuff team Solani, but like if you can throw this guy on the first line he can just skate with horvat and get assists or get like touches and put the puck in the back of the net then yeah let's do it because the thing rangers fans always said about this guy was he can't convert like from two feet away from the goalie He's just been going top corners all week. Like, this has been awesome from Godier, and this is like, you know, he's showcasing the shot that we haven't really seen. So I'm pumped. Let's see what he turns into. But uh, he's been pretty good so far this this season. Moving on, uh, what do we want to hit next on the now? Do we want to talk a little bit more about the power play? Because uh, I'm excited about the power play for the first time in years, many years. 
many, many years. Yeah, it's it's crazy because us as Islander fans are always used to, oh, we got a power play, we're not going to do anything. And now it's like, holy shit, we got a power play, this is great. Now we're, we're absolutely going to score. Um, I was at um, college basketball game last night, uh, pretty good, good hoops. And I saw my phone, we got a power play. I'm like, oh, we're definitely going to score. It's going to be one nothing, And then Brock Nelson scored. So it's like, it's kind of we're at that point where I just expect them to score now. It's been It's been really fun. Yeah, and that was one of their worst-looking power plays in a while, too. It's like I was talking to my friend in front of me, and I'm like, after Nelson scored, I'm like, that was one of the ugliest-looking power plays, and they still managed to somehow convert there, which is incredible. It's a really good power play. I mean, Pierre's been doing crazy stuff with the puck, too, at 5-on-5. And on the second unit, like with Mike Riley there, the second unit looks like, you know, it looks like a league average power play for a second unit that's really good. Um, And then the first unit just looks like world beaters. So we all wanted the power play addressed. We didn't bring in an infusion of talent to help the power play this year. In the summer, I guess we kind of, well, we did do that through the Horvat trade and uh, the... Uh, the trade for uh, Engvall. But, you know, overall, the power play looks phenomenal. Horvat has been a life changer on the power play, and he's on fire. Barzi was cooking on the power play the past week, too, so it's really good. And Brock is going to get his uh, get his goals. So it, it's a really good unit. Would you guys rather have Anders Lee or Kyle Palmieri on that first unit? Uh, that's kind of something up for discussion now that Lee's getting hot. Palmieri. Uh, I mean... You gotta go uh, under. You gotta go under, Lee. Either one's fine. Uh, Lee needs to get some goals. He's gonna get the bounces eventually. I'm really not as worried about him as I was earlier in the year, thankfully. So I, I'm feeling a little bit better on Anders Lee. Put him in front of the net. Poor vet's been cooking. Dobson is in uh, our good pal, partner uh, Dom. Dom Lucasision, I believe. He has Noah Dobson like ninth in his MVP uh, ranking. Okay. Show that to someone. Yeah. Show that to someone in September. They would have laughed their ass off. All right. I mean, Noah Dobson's been a major reason why this power play has been a lot better. He is playing at a Norris level right now. He's probably not going to win it, obviously. He's definitely not going to win it, obviously, with how good Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes have been, unfortunately. But um, he's been awesome. He's been so, so, so freaking good. Truly looking like a, a, an elite defenseman. I'm very excited about him, and he, like I said, he's a big reason why the power play has turned up. Barzal's been better this year. His skating's gotten better. I know we complained about that maybe a week or two ago, that maybe he's still a little injured uh, coming back from what happened last year. Skating looks better. His edges look a lot better, or at least I'm noticing them more. Um, Nelson, really good. Horvat, really good. The power play's really good. Do we give credit to John McLean? Do we give credit to Lane Lambert? Do we give credit to the players? Because Lane did say beginning of the year he wanted to get his hand in the power play pot, and the power play has been the best in the league. So that might be one thing he has going for him right now with management. Like, oh, look how good he's done on the power play if he's really contributed there. So there's that also to think about. But power play is good. Power play is real good. And the players are, you know, doing their job. Maybe maybe Dobson blocked Dom on Twitter. That's why I put him on there. Could be. Could be. Yeah. 
We'll never know. That's a good point, though, AJ, about Leighton taking some responsibility on the power play. And that was something I was thinking about the other day, too. Because, you know, that's absolutely a win if it went from just McLean to now it's McLean and Lane working on it. And, hey, it's it's a good unit. Uh, it's it's definitely a strength of this team when it has in years past. Honestly, if they can fix the freaking end-of-game garbage, the... Everything's solved. Like that's all you have to do is learn how to close games. And I don't know what it takes. They can't score an empty net goal. I I don't know how you fix that issue. But that's literally the final hurdle before this team can go on like a five or ten game winning streak. So it's frustrating. Well, what's our point streak? We're at a four game point streak and then have like points in nine of our last ten. It's crazy how you can come out of this stretch not feeling like it's an absolute win. But like here we are. Yeah. It's like, it's so weird. <laughs> it really is. Um, so many negatives. It feels like it's season from hell, kind of. With just, you know, you look back at the games they've won and they're, they're still in a really good spot. It's like crazy. You don't know how to feel. You, know, you obviously should feel good, but like it leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Um, we move forward, obviously. Um um, I let me cut you off real quick. I uh, call me delusional if you want. I think we're the second best team in the metro. I think I, do I think we're better than the Hurricanes. Uh, we're definitely, definitely third. Definitely third. I think you could really argue second. I the Hurricanes do not really scare me as much as usual. Uh, we play them very well now twice. I missed the first Hurricanes game. I was a wedding. I did catch the end of. I caught the last two minutes and I saw the goal with two seconds goal uh left on my phone. I want to throw my phone across the room. But then I watched the overtime, Barzal scored, I screamed, Barzal, and uh, no one looked at me, surprisingly. But a lot of Islander fans at the wedding, so it was cool. Got to celebrate that one there. Um, how did we look in that game? I know we didn't really do a full breakdown. What was your opinions on the game? Did we play good, play like assholes? Yeah, uh, the, definitely the best uh, Islanders on ESPN game. Um, you know, <laughs> yeah. we were, it was Steve Levy and uh, who was it, Ferraro? Was that who it was, Jake? Was it for our? Ooh, um, I think it was. Yeah, 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 because you yeah. talked about the ops and, and Yeah, so, uh, but we looked really good against the Canes. They were doing the garbage shot attempts thing where the Canes just throw the puck on the net all game long and people are going to freak out about it. But they were just chucking the puck at the net and we kept, like, you know, punching back. We looked really good. Barzal was cooking. It was one of his best games in a very long time as an Islander. I was very happy with Barzi's performance. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, we played really good. And then at the very end of the game, we blew it. And that is the story of our season. But then Barzal responded really well. It was it was probably seeing people on the national scale be like, wait, the Islanders have blown 11 third period leads this year? I think Steve Levy noticed that on the broadcast. He was like, what the hell? Why is no one talking about this? I was like, brother, you're the person who uh, is, is supposed to be talking about this. Uh, but yeah, I digress. Like, it was a really good win uh, to beat the Canes, you know, with the style of hockey they play. Um, it's it's tough to watch at times, but we kept firing on them. Uh, Jordan Stahl got on us, but, you know, Holmstrom or Stahl got one in on us. But, you know, Holmstrom was a key player. Barzi had a great game. Horvat got an awesome goal. 
Engvall had a really good game as well. You know, the power play was firing. It just it sucks that you get to the very end of the game and they can't like hold that lead for those final three seconds because you know once they like survive one or two onslaughts in a row, then the whole tide is gonna change. But they can't get out of their own way because uh, you know, as uh, as friend of the program Dan uh, Culture of Losing keeps saying, they play like assholes and uh, they keep playing like assholes and we cannot get away from them playing like assholes. Oh, and I'll say you called it with Jack Drury, and um, yeah, and Paul Mary. Yeah, Paul Mary. last pod I called that uh, Jack Drury would get a goal, which he did, and then Kyle Palmieri would get a goal. Uh, I said Kyle Palmieri would get the winner, and then he did. But then Sebastian Ajo, um, the lesser, there Sebastian Ajo, got the goal and uh, to tie it. But then Barzi no adopts an absolute lunch pail like turnover to get the puck and they fired away to Barzi to gave it to Bo or gave it back to Noah who gave it back to Barzi and then uh we got the win so that was an absolutely awesome game shout out Noah man that was one of the best plays I've seen in a long time as well incredible 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 player I'm so happy that he's he's a franchise defenseman he's him he's everything we wanted him to be and the bad taste from last year completely gone out of my mouth. It was funny because I was sitting with my girlfriend last night for the game, and she's like, you gave Noah so much crap last year. I'm like, yeah, you played like a total loser asshole. Everyone gave him crap, and it was deserved. He looked so awful at times last year, and he was a constant negative. And now he's the biggest positive on the team, and no one's really going to debate that. I mean, last year was Sorokin by far the best player on the team. Right now it's Dobson, and not by far because... Barzal's been really good. Horvat's been really good. All three of those guys have 20-plus points right now, which is really cool. Nelson has 19. Sorokin's been all right. He hasn't been incredible. He's been good. I'm not trying to crap on Sorokin here. Last night was not his fault. Not his fault. Maybe you want to say he could have made a save on the Eklund shot. Fine. But the other ones, I mean, the defense is horrendous. And if you want to try to blame his positioning a little bit, sure, I guess. I'm not going to really get into that argument. I don't care enough. I'm not blaming him. He's been good. I would like to see him be a little bit more Ilya Sorokin elite. We'll get there. I'm not too worried. Once the guys figure out what they're doing in front of him, he could definitely take it back a little bit and just maybe get a little bit calmed down. I'm not worried about him, though. Ryan, I don't know if you saw this, but the questions that maybe uh, was asking Barzell was an absolute embarrassment. Hey, did you know you blew so many third-period leads? Okay. No, like, no, I didn't. Yeah, like, he, like he doesn't know? It... Wait, we have? We've blown a lead in the third period? When did that happen? And then he brought it up again. Like, he, he just won. I don't I don't think he wants to be reminded that his team No, that was a really good quote, though. I like that quote from Barzal. He's like, oh, shit. He, he basically said, oh, shit, here we go again. That's what everyone felt on the bench when they let up the goal against Carolina with two seconds left. They know the issues. They understand what's going on. They just got to fix it somehow. They're trying. I'm not defending them and going to give them a, a pillow to sleep on here saying, oh, they're trying. It's okay, guys. But, like, they, they know. Yeah. It's not like they're they're just not caring. They care. They're trying. They just got to fix it. They got to figure out why they're playing like assholes at times. Oh, it'll be fine. I'm not gonna. I'm not too worried. I'd no, rather no, no, go I'm through this saying, now. Like, I would rather go through this now than have this happen before playoffs. You know, get the learning experience in, get the fixing in now, and just keep the momentum building. Because right now, it it hasn't been ugly. It hasn't been great, but they've managed. They're surviving. They're still floating above water somehow with eleven blown third period leads. 
They're getting it. We they're getting there. Barely, but we getting had there. A really bad month of November. Now December is the time to turn it. Let's just take advantage of Noah while we have him right now. Uh, he's playing like a very special player. Uh, last year, his season tanked after kind of after January. So let's just see if he can hold it out the full season. But if he can hold this out for a full season into the playoffs, we have something really special on our hands here. Um, we'll see how kind of the team is able to keep going. It's it's really like Jake. Uh, you just mentioned like you know, no one outside of the bubble realizes that the problem is this big with the uh, with the blown leads. But then like I, I think it was Ferraro said it on the broadcast. He was like, "God, oh, geez, I can't believe it's happening again for the Islanders." And we're all at home like, "Yeah, no, we we totally can believe this because we go through this yeah, every like, night." Yeah, yeah, this is like. I and was more that, saying. No, no, go ahead. Because I, yeah, I, even I even Rogner said it yesterday. He said uh, during the third period, he was like, "Great, great third period from the Islanders as they close this one out." And I'm I like, I'm sitting at home like, "Oh, let's see how it finishes out here." And then they blow out the third, or they blow the third period in like five minutes. So it really, just needs one or two of these third periods to go our way, and then we can see some change. But I'm still waiting for us to hold this third period lead uh, and look like a really good third period team. Rosner's the best because he 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 has a take that jinxes don't exist, and then he said McDavid hasn't done anything tonight, and he scored a minute later, and then that the Islanders having a great third period, and you know, no, I was more saying that um, whenever they're on ESPN, they get asked the dumbest questions. Remember when um, they won that long ass shootout with the Flyers a few years ago? Um, I forgot the question, but they asked Washington really something really dumb. But I I can't stand it. Um, Dumb for Wallstrom standards. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, we could go into I guess whatever final talk about series. Oh, it was like, oh, did you practice that when you were an eight year old in Boston? Like, like what? Like, shut up. Eight years old. It, the, the one fucking viral video. I just. We do have a couple couple quick hitters here. Um, I guess the empty net problem does add to the third period. Do you guys have any idea of how we could solve this empty netter problem that the Islanders have been going they're through? Close, like, there's a few opportunities where they're just close and they can't. Like, Leo's close one time. Horvat was close. Well, yeah. that's one issue, having Anders Lee out there. I get he's your captain, he's your leader. <laughs> he does not have the wheels to potentially help us get an empty net goal at sometimes. You know, if we're getting circled around, his legs are going to give in a lot easier than, let's say, a guy like Barzal or Julian Gauthier. That being said, I don't really want Matt Barzal out there. We don't need him blocking shots and getting hurt. I understand a lot of people do want to see that, and it makes sense to have him out there, I guess, especially if he has a, you know, if he's good, obviously, with the speed, poke check, get the puck out. It makes total sense to have Barzal out there, but I also see the other side saying, why do we want this guy to block shots and continue taking uh or start taking a beating on his lower body? We don't need him getting hurt, but we also need him helping us close games out. So I think there's a fair argument there either way. We shouldn't be out there no matter what. I'm fine putting this is a perfect spot for Gautier. We haven't scored a single empty net goal all season. Put Gautier out there. Let him be the speed guy, throw it up to him. And let him get there because he's faster than everyone else on the ice practically. So that's kind of my 
my idea because I'd rather have him out there than Barzal. I know uh, we were talking about this privately, but Zach Preezy was the guy who got a lot of the empty netters last year. The team is missing him in that aspect, obviously, and in other aspects, even though I was... I wasn't trying to bash him before. People are going to be like, oh, why are you bashing Zach Freezy? It was Simon Holmes from Propaganda. If you remember that, we're getting to another day. <laughs> You'll pay for your crimes. No, AJ was referencing this. There was d- debate if if Simon should start the year in the AHL because that's how our cal- salary cap situation would have worked. Uh, you know, the answer looking back now was obviously to just find something else to do with Wallstrom Martin and keep probably Parise if he could have come back. I don't I don't know what the Zach situation is. I'm not going to speculate because there was the report that he was skating and then it just disappeared. So I guess skating didn't go well but yeah besides that yeah workhorse guys you want workhorse guys out there at the end of games i know like you know from defensive metrics perspective you're gonna want your angle out there you're gonna want your holmstrom out there you're gonna want your godier out there even though he even though he might not be the best defender i think once lambert's able to trust him a little bit then maybe you could be able to put godier out there on four and four or at six on five uh you're probably still gonna want clutterbuck out there you're gonna want zeker out there even though zeker hasn't been able to hit an empty netter in a long time it feels like now um horvat i would say skip barzy barzy doesn't seem like he wants empty netters for some reason i don't know it's really weird i don't know why he just doesn't use his speed to try to like skate into the empty net I've seen Lee try to lead too many breakouts or wind up with the puck in like six on five situations only to either miss the net or turn it over. I don't think you need Lee out there at the end of games. Have him save or have him use all his energy earlier. It's uh, it's tough, but I think you have to shorten your bench and like, you know, really, really stick with some speedier players because all it takes is one or two empty net or one empty net goal and the, the game's over and that saves us the embarrassment against the Sharks. But we gave up two. So that that was really embarrassing. Yes, very embarrassing. I that's yeah. I think Gautier might be the right answer. I don't. Maybe I'm being a little bit overprotective, but I don't need Barzal taking, uh, we'll say a Brent Burns slap shot to the knee, falling to the ground, and he's out for like a month and a half. We don't need that. It makes sense. It makes total sense. And like, yeah, he gets his points up, gets close to a point per game, but I don't want to see the guy get hurt. And I know injuries are part of hockey, but let's try to limit Barzal to being out as little as possible. Moving on? Yeah, moving on. Um, So we have the, what is it, Scott Malkin sold 10% of the team. I believe this was in the the kind of come together. They were looking to sell 10% of the team over the summer. Uh, I'm trying to remember the guy's name, but um, if either of you guys have background on this, um, I'll give the floor to you. I mean, yeah. Um, per per form, Scott Malkin sold ten percent of the Islanders at a total valuation of one point seventy five billion dollars, which is crazy. Um, I know there was a name in the offseason, but right now it's an unnamed guy. It could be the guy who's rumored. Uh, I forgot his name. Could be Steve Cohen. Could be someone else. Could be no one. Uh, an unknown guy. I have no idea, but. 10% of the Islanders has been purchased by someone else uh, for $1.75 billion. I think that that's pretty bad. <laughs> I have no opinion. I don't really care. Maybe I should care a little bit more. If it's no, Cohen. No, no. If, if, it's, if it's unnamed, I don't, I don't know. If it's Cohen, that would be really cool. Not that I'm a Mets fan. And 
the Yankees are getting closer and closer to getting one Soto. So hopefully uh, before this podcast ends, that can be official. I'd be really sweet. Very excited about that. But it'd be that cool is. to have Cohen. Uh, Cohen has a lot of money. He could. He's an Islander fan. He's an Islander fan, apparently. So he could maybe build a better uh, infrastructure, help the stadium out a little bit, make everything game day operations as great as possible. Not that it hasn't been good. I feel like everything, for the most part, has been really awesome with the organization. I don't know about the insides of it, obviously, but like the presentation, they've really upped their game. The social media has been good. The scoreboard graphics have been good. Everything's been like fresher. It's been newer. They have a new penalty, uh, penalty kill killed sound. So instead of the Mario really? thing, yes, it's like a eight bit noise. I guess you could say. It's I don't know how to explain anymore? it. It's not Mario. It's another video game eight bit sound. It's pretty cool. I think it. I think it was like the do 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 something like that. It was pretty cool. It was different. Because oh, they kill one off tomorrow. Oh, here they should kill all the, the. They've only allowed two power play goals in the last eight games. I'm so happy about that, man. Maybe they won't take a penalty tomorrow. Uh, I mean, yeah, that'd be cool too. <laughs> I'm so happy with the penalty kill. It's been a lot better. I think it's like 17 for the last 19, the last eight. Really good. But I feel like everything, like, what are we, year three in UBS, everything feels like it feels like home. It feels awesome. It feels great. They've been constantly adding stuff um, to make the place better. Like, they added that hockey card wall. Just a minor touch, but it goes a long way with the fans. they got to add Mike Riley to that soon and Julian Gauthier. But um, I don't really have any complaints as a fan, except that the team blows leads. Everything's really cool. I guess, like, if you want to complain about the Emerald lot, maybe lower parking. The crowd wasn't yeah. great last night. It wasn't bad. It was 85% capacity. I thought it was going to be lower to San Jose Sharks on a Tuesday night. No one cares. Our fan base isn't going to – we're not going to sell out every game. We're not going to have the biggest yeah. of crowds at all times. But I was a little bit like, oh, you know what? I, lo- I expected a little bit worse. So yeah, I don't know what – tomorrow might be – it's probably maybe around the same. I don't, I don't know. I think maybe a little bit more. I don't know. We'll see. Could be a little bit what people might not want to go. I that too. That too. But maybe they want to go to Taboo Lane. Yeah, sure. Um, maybe. I've seen tweets where people are saying, oh, I'm buying tickets just to Taboo Lane. And I was like, wow, really? Speaking with your wallet there. You um, could donate money to a foundation. but you're Yeah, you can Venmo me. I mean, I'll, I'll tell Yeah, them. sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll give but, you a yeah, parlay. No, I, mean, I think it is interesting that we have our primary owner selling 10% off um, for Malkin to be selling. I mean, Collins bought in last summer for under 20%. Ledecky owns a small chunk, even though he's just like the PR guy. Um, I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, if we have a lot of owners, there's more of a diversified, like, we're not, we're not going to have a situation in the 90s where we have a bad owner. Yeah. Um, Diversify as much as you can, get good, good minds in here, and it'll be fine. I think it's not a bad thing, depending, we don't know who the guy is. If it's Cohen, I'm actually very excited about that, because he's passionate. He cares about the projects he's working on, and maybe that'll also take some money away from the Mets, but, um... Definitely not, obviously. Yeah, I, I bet it's someone, like, not sexy or anything. I bet it's, like, a bank bought 10% of it or something. We'll see, though. Cohen would be cool, though. Cohen yeah, it would be, be cool really if it was cool. Cohen, but I, I, doubt it's, I doubt it's one person. I bet it's, like, an investor group or something. Like, uh, that's what normally happens when sports teams get bought. But, yeah, no, it's interesting. We'll see where it goes. I mean, that leaves Malkin at, like, 60 70 percent so we'll see we'll see he's still the primary owner and he still makes calls the shots and you know if they're gonna move on from lou or or lane they're probably gonna have to have 
how Monk can sign off because that's a big capital investment. Um, Jake, do you want to do a quick prospect corner before we do our giveaway? Cohen's too busy uh, funding Joey Wendell. And, uh, oh, yeah, Stanton. no, just no, yeah, and, David uh, Stearns is ruining my life. No, Eric, <laughs> no, uh, Eric Fetty? No, we didn't get Eric Fetty, thank God. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a big song between the the Chicago White Sox, who are notably a great organization, and the New York Mets. Yeah, and uh, the boy genius uh, David Stearns to get uh, <laughs> yeah, after the after the Severino signing, he won another fifth starter. Yeah, this is a new Ryan bit. I got. It, what is this sweater thing? Well, no, it's just like he dresses like... Okay, you made it up. No, it's just like the way he dresses. He dresses like, uh, you know, kind of like a finance bro and uh, just making fun of how he dresses because it looks like he takes two hours in the morning to put his outfit together and then he just signs like the worst baseball players imaginable. At least Brody Van Wagenen was fun. Is Wendell that bad? Wasn't he good two years ago? Yeah, well, when he was with the Rays, he was good. And then when he left, he was very bad. Where did, where was he last year? I know I'm not the biggest. Yeah, it was with, guy. Uh, with Miami. Okay. I'm pretty sure he'll be on the bench. So I guess up. He'll bad. be on the bench. Look, so the, the, the purpose of some of these signings is, one, the vibes of last year's Mets stunk. There was a lot of bad presences in the locker room. Uh, so they're trying to reset the vibes. And Joey Wendell's considered a little round Major League Baseball of vibes guy. So we'll see where that goes. Um, but, yeah, it's just it's trying to set up the manager with a good locker room so that the stars aren't running the show and it's a it's a good team environment with that kind of gap but you know some of these names are just terrible and it feels like we're getting we're taking guys from good teams or good organizations um instead of you know making the good players which is what the rays or the braves or any good org does uh you know and then like we we were playing the big money thing and now the yankees are finally going back to that which is good for you guys if you guys get soto i hope you guys pull it off uh but yeah no it's just frustrating for being a mets fan right now uh because they apparently won't pony up for yamamoto but we'll we'll really you guys next week you guys aren't gonna didn't you guys visit him in japan though yeah, they did. Apparently, they're not one the of the cat, final five teams. The Yankees teams. did that months ago, though. So like, we've been doing this for like... no. They did it last year too. They've been in for Yamamoto for a while now. So, I Yam Yamasoto twenty twenty four. Like the whole thing with me and the Yankees, it's very different from me and the Islanders. Uh, I'm a diehard Islanders fan to death. I grew up uh, Yankees, Steelers, Islanders fan. And the Islanders by far have always been my favorite team. They've always sucked. I and I will, they'll always be my favorite sports team, no matter what. I've recently become a Liverpool fan within the last six seven years for five six seven years but um the yankees it just they're very disappointing and management hasn't cared they haven't cared since 2018 and it shows so why am i gonna spend my money spend 50 dollars for parking go all the way to the bronx do all that bullshit just to be pissed off and the team sucks i enjoy baseball i fell a little bit uh out of love with baseball because of some other stuff but um yeah, if the Yankees get Soto and Yamamoto and act like a serious organization, not that I'm trying to be a front-runner fan only, because I did watch last year. I did watch. I always watch. But um, not every game. Too many, way too many baseball games. But the organization hasn't been serious. And I haven't blamed fans for being pissed off or fed up with Cashman. And you can't even blame Boone because they were the team sucked last year. It wasn't Boone's fault. But I'm very excited if we do get Soto. One of my favorite uh, players in the league, and I did meet him. So it'd be cool. 
Yeah, and he's a pure rental, so it's it's gonna be funny seeing the Yankees kind of get played a little bit there, um, or at least the window. Like they'll have to win the World Series because he's he's in free agency next year, no matter what. It really sucks as a Boris client because that's just yeah, Boris is an obnoxious saga. Yeah, it's even, it's, that's even worse than this one because it's been finalized for at least twelve hours at this point. Yeah, the um, Padres are really um, ruining everyone's evening, but we'll we'll go into more. Speaking of uh, ruining people's evenings, uh, prospect report Bridgeport. We will start with the Bridgeport Islanders, who are the worst team in the AHL. Um, can't say I'm too shocked. Um, unfortunately, William Dufour is not playing in about a month. Um, I think it's a personal issue going on. I think he's almost back. Uh, he posted uh, something that he got. Um, he got some new gear, so I think. It was leather skin. The... It was stick tape. Stick tape, yeah. The, the riveting, riveting stuff. But, no, it's uh, really yeah, cool. Lizard skin. Obviously, would recommend. Obviously, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> obviously, obviously, hope he's okay, and um, obviously his health and you know everything personal with him is okay is the most important thing, and um, you know, hope he makes his way back soon. But uh, Ishikov, you know, has been good. Sixteen points in twenty games. Tyce Thompson made his debut. He is one point in two games. Durando is one point in three. And the next game, they'll be playing each other. So we will see who wins the trade. And I'm sure Durando will get four goals and Tice will get ejected somehow. Uh, and that, not really a lot of takeaways. Maggio has been fine. Um, other than that, there's not really a lot of takeaways. Jakob Skarik has been awful this year. He has not had one good year in the AHL. And you really thought this year with a more more consistent playing time he would kind of take the job and Appleby has been better in every way so it's a little concerning for Jakob Skarik. Uh, Etu Lucas got his first goal um, he's been playing consistently which is good um, on their fourth line which is their first line they put their fourth lines in the it's very really weird what they're doing down there. Uh, Travis Mitchell um, has been playing well Sal hasn't really done much um, Sam Aslan's decent but I don't expect much from him um Justin Gill is leading the QMJHL in points. Um, an overager uh, situation again. No one is really shocked, but really good for him because early on, his, he was point per game, but his pace was slower than it was last year. Then he really picked stuff up. Alex Jeffries is unsigned, uh, but he is an Islander prospect, and he has been very good this year for, for uh, Mary Mack. Missed the first two weeks for an injury ever since then. In 10 games, he got 14... Uh, 14 points. Quinn Finley scored on a penalty shot. Uh, two Islanders were on the preliminary roster for USA. I believe it was Danny Nelson and Quinn Finley. I was really looking forward to uh, Kyle Odilas being in the World Juniors, but he, I believe he messed up his shoulder, and he's going to be out three months, obviously missing the tournament. He's having a nice year, too, so that's a little unfortunate. Um Isaiah George, uh, obviously still in London, he's got eight points in 27 games. Had a good start to the year, but he's been kind of slow around that. I don't know how he's been defensively because I haven't watched. I'm just kind of going off points here. Uh, Dalen Cuffler finally got activated off IR, and I believe he's being sent to the AHL six-round pick in 2022. Lennox has, uh, obviously his first professional season, has been very good in the ECHL this year. Um, so that's been good for his development. Um I think there's anyone else, obviously. Let me think. Um, I'm pretty sure that's I'm it. Nobody sure else that's is really. It. What about um, else? 
the guy we Jacob drafted. Zerby. Good good year. Good good. What's the guy's name? Good bog. Good bog. Dennis Good bog. There we go. Legend of the meeting. Uh, two points in nine games, which is more than he had last year. So it's <laughs> actually no. Um, I, I lied. I can't read. He had twenty-eight last year. I saw someone. Uh, Cap friendly added like a scouting report, and someone did one on him, and it was like high. Like, Interesting. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, it's that's also cap friendly. Uh, Bridgeport sucks, and they're terrible, and that's that. Okay, uh, that is your prospect report from Jake. So it's time for the giveaway now. So. Could we get a drum roll, please, while I'm getting the tweet up and putting it on what website are we using? Repick.co. Drum roll. Get, give me the drum roll. Okay. If this takes long, I'm not, I'm not drumming for too long. Uh, you have to pay me to drum more than a minute. <laughs> the winner is James Delia. So we'll get in contact. We'll give you the jersey. Shout out to you. Uh, thank you for all who entered. I think we have another giveaway coming soon. I'm not 100% sure on that, but we definitely will have one sooner rather than later. Thank you for all the support we got. And this is a really cool giveaway. Hopefully we can do bigger stuff like this again. that it? Yep, yeah. that's it. Uh, that's all we had to cover tonight. Uh, congratulations to James for winning our giveaway. Uh, thank you for being a good friend of the podcast. And uh, thanks to everyone who made it this far. We'll probably be back to you guys after the next couple of games. But um, definitely really appreciate the support. Uh, we'll follow up in the near future. Do you guys have anything to say before we close out here? Stop blowing leads. Stop Just blowing win, leads. baby. Kid name leads. Uh, but uh, you can follow Jake on Twitter at Brian Jakey. You can follow, follow AJ on Twitter at DeVito Hockey. You can follow me on Twitter at Brian Martin. You can follow the pod on Twitter at Skates and Steaks. Make sure you give us uh, five stars on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whichever one you're using. We really appreciate it. Um, thanks for making it this far with us, and we really appreciate it, guys. Uh, talk to you soon. Peace.